All right, let's move into the reforms. This is chapter 15, and we'll go to chapter 16 right after this if we have time here. Asa's Reformation, one of two reformations in Asa's time. So this, this is early in his time. We have two prophets in this, uh, in this section also, Azariah, the earlier one, and uh, later on another guy. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah, son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he is there to be found. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. If you're following the Lord, this sounds like a great prophecy, doesn't it? If you're on the edge, what does this become? It's a, well, a warning at least. If you're on the edge, it's a warning. If you've already fallen away, then it's a curse. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's where we're headed with this. All right. So for a long time, Israel was without true God. This is still uh, the, the prophet talking, um, um, Azariah. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach, and without the law. When was Israel without the true God? Well, since he says Israel... That tells us we're not going back to pre-Abraham times. This must end, and Israel did not lose sight of God in the days of Israel or Isaac or the time in Egypt or during the sojourn under Moses. They at least had Moses and Aaron, right? They complained, but they had Moses and Aaron. So when did things start to fall apart? It wasn't under Joshua, during the judges. Some of the, some of the time during the judges. And the judges have this pattern where they're, 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 there's a problem, then there's a judge rises up and conquers, and there's reform, and then there's a time of peace, and then the people fall away. And so he's describing what happened in this pattern during the judges when the people would fall away. And, and, they're in their, and then in their distress, they turned to the Lord. But I want you to notice something else about verse 3, because these verses are rare in the Bible. The duties of the priests primarily were to offer sacrifices and pray, correct? What does this say is another duty of a priest? Teach. Teach. We don't hear this very often, and we should, but I think, I think we don't hear it because they maybe took it for granted. Because their kids would have to go to the priest or the traveling Levite would come village to village. And what did they call them in New Testament times? These traveling teachers? Rabbi. rabbi. Yeah, rabbi, my teacher. Um, and uh, Which mean, really means great one. Um, and, and so the priests were supposed to teach. Um, and, uh, and, they, and Israel was without them. They, were, they, they didn't have this for a while. Then in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel. They sought him, and he was found by them. They sought him, and he was found by them. Kind of does, doesn't it? Except what did they have that the pagans don't have? They already had his word, yeah. Um, and they were still the people of the covenant. They were still circumcising their babies, Right? When the, when the kids got to be teenagers, what do you call it when a boy puts himself under the covenant because he's a man now in, and, they're, and they're a Jewish family? He goes through his bar mitzvah, becoming a son of the covenant. What if she's a girl? She has a bat mitzvah because she's a girl. Because bar means boy and bat means 
girl, right? Barsheba would be son of Sheba. Bathsheba is daughter of Sheba. Get it? So there's your Hebrew lesson, bar and bath. Also, um, bar is a later Hebrew term. Earlier, they would have called, they would have said Ben. Ben is son also. In his, ben, my son Benjamin is the son of my right hand. That's what that means. Okay. So, uh, but with, with regard to sought and, and so forth, I have, a, I, have um, I think, some slides on this a little bit later. Um, no, it's on your sheet. Uh, but it's with verse 15. Let's wait until 15. Let's just get through the reforms here and we'll, we'll go. Uh, we'll get back. We'll come back to it a little bit later. During those times, there was no peace for those who went in and came, went out and came in because there, was, there were great disturbances affecting all the inhabitants of the lands. This is still in the time of the judges. It was, a nation, it was nation against nation and city against city. They were broken in pieces because God troubled them with every kind of distress. But take courage and do not let your hands be slack because there will be a reward for your work. When Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Azariah, son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. He put away the disgusting idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had taken from the hill country of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in front of the porch of the Lord's house. Evidently, the altar was a wreck. And what does he do? He puts it back together again, rebuilds, touches it up. He gathered all Judah and Benjamin, as well as those who had settled among them from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, because people from Israel had gone over to Asa in great numbers, since they saw that the Lord, his God, was with him. They gathered at Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th year of Asa's reign. What happens on the third month of the year? Which, by the way, is June. Pentecost. Pentecost, yeah. How is June the third month of the year? Well, the year begins at Passover in April. April, May, June. Make sense? On that day, they sacrificed to the Lord... 700 cattle and 7,000 sheep from the plunder they had brought. So it's not quite like Solomon where you've got unbelievable numbers of animals dying, but 700 cattle and 7,000 sheep is a lot of of sacrifice. And by the way, these are not burnt offerings, but fellowship offerings. And so what happens to the meat? They fed the army. Yeah, they fed the army and the people. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul. Anyone who did not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, was to be put to death, whether old or young, man or woman. Law isn't the best motivator as far as the heart goes, but is it effective? Does law work with telling your kids what to do and what not to do? You will or else? Kind of? Is it the best motivator? I mean, does it, does it give you long-term results? No, short-term results. But that's what Asa did. They swore an oath to the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting, and with trumpets and ram, ram's horns. We're not told about the people shouting their oaths very often, so there's one, kind of a new one here. All, I don't have a demonstration. All Judah rejoiced over their oath, 
because they had sworn with all their heart and they were eagerly sought, and they eagerly sought the Lord he was found by them and the Lord gave them rest on every side will you look at your sheet at the top of page of the back page the top so what do you think of the second one god is found only by those who hear his word how does the gospel work in our hearts that's that's the holy spirit working in our hearts but he works through the word so that that that's if if we're going to use this language which they use here which is that they sought him and they found him it had to be through the working of the word of god also um so yeah they sought him and by the way when it says he was found by them what are they really saying is what's what's the author saying was happening with the people they were hearing the word and then what 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 after that coming back they were they were they were putting their faith into practice so he was found by them now they're going to do the things that for them were the things that they were supposed to be doing what had happened to the altar was crumbled into nothing. And how old was the thing? So remember, Rehoboam wasn't king all that long. And the guy before Asa was king for only three years. And now the altar is crumbled into disrepair? How does that? The thing was bronze how, and, and brick I, I, or stone cuts. I mean, how does that happen? <laughs> Solomon did use union labor. But... But my question is, could that have happened if there had not been an outside force working on that altar? I think, so, I think there was malicious damage done to it. That, that these things, that some of the stone altars they have found have lasted thousands of years. This thing is, you know, 30 years old. Or 50 or whatever it is, but it's already in disrepair. That that doesn't that that doesn't add up unless unless somebody has done something to it. Yeah, to, to, and yeah, had, didn't you notice? Where, O high priest, are you offering the sacrifices? Or was the high priest saying, "I'm not a bricklayer. I'm going to work with what I got." If the people let it fall into disrepair, then that's the will of God. But I'm going to still, you know, he still had to be doing the morning and evening sacrifices. But maybe he's walking past garbage and, and rubble and, and, and whatever else was up there. Um, it's, it's, you know, when you, when you start thinking about that, it gets to be pretty terrifying what they were doing to it. Seek me is spoken in the Bible many times to Israel. To Israel, who already had the word of God and the commandments and the covenant. <clears throat> but a key passage to remember here is Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So the, the lesson today, in, or, or rather, um, what is it, Tuesday? The, yesterday in catechism class was at the end of the test, I gave the kids an extra credit question. Finish the sentence. The means of grace are the gospel in word and sacrament. That's the sentence. And I told them, by the way, that's part of the pass-fail of your confirmation examination. you got to be able to say that sentence. The means of grace are the gospel in word and sacrament. The gospel in word and sacrament. Um, so the gospel in the word of God, the, so the gospel in the sacrament also. 
They are, and they're in danger of, of, of losing sight of what the gospel is. Because when we get away from the gospel, we naturally gravitate to the law. And we, that, that we, we start thinking, we start conjuring up all kinds of works, righteousness, and things. And I, um, I had it from uh, uh, a, a, a public school eighth grader uh, uh, two weeks ago. Um, I wanted to give them a taste of what their examination is going to be like. I said, how do you get to heaven? By being good. Well, where, where does he get that? He gets that because that's what they say at home. You know, and, and that, that's why we want them to bring them to hear the word of God to learn the correct doctrine from the scriptures. Because, wow, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all good children go to heaven is a lyric in a Beatles song. Asa even removed his grandmother, Maica. Remember her? She was the granddaughter of Absalom. He removed his grandmother from her position as queen mother, which is an exalted position in the Old Testament. Queen mother was a big deal because she had made an obscene image for Asherah. Asa cut down her image and crushed it and burned it in the Kidron Valley. Um, this, uh, do I have the word here? Yeah. Um, so, um, um, Mifletzeth occurs only four times in the Bible, two, two times here in this passage and two times in the parallel verse in Kings. The, this, this obscene image of whatever it was of Asherah, probably with accentuated body parts on a statue of a woman. Um, but Asa cut it down and crushed it. Uh, the word there in Hebrew is pulverized. So he didn't just take it down. He smashed it up into little tiny pieces and then burned it um, and deposed her, his grandma. Um, uh, we, have, we, we, we have a steady stream of members whose uh, spouses uh, belong to another denomination in town. And the spouse typically says, I can't join you yet because mom or grandma is still alive. Yeah. Uh, but here, this is the guy standing up to his own grandmother. Uh, what you're doing is obscene. The high places, were at, oh, this is the end of the chapter. The high places, however, were not removed from Israel. This either means that these were high places to the Lord that he leaves, or they were just the high places that weren't in Judah, that were surrounding, like up in Benjamin and some of those places he took away from Ephraim. So how we understand high places here is, is a little bit, little bit vague to me, but it might mean, and, and a high place, by, by the way, is simply an altar up on a hill, like the one that Elijah makes on Mount Carmel, right? That's literally a high place. Of course, Elijah didn't keep it. He didn't save it. These other places were, they'd go up on a hill and they'd make an altar and so forth. But God had said, I want one altar in Jerusalem. But what had they done? They had left it in, oh, it was in disrepair. But why go to the trouble of hauling stones up some other hill? If you could just fix the one back in, I don't understand. You know, but sin does what sin is going to do, Right? 
He brought silver and gold vessels and utensils to the house of the Lord and dedicated offerings for himself and his father. That's a curious phrase too. Why would he um, dedicate offerings for his father? He had, his, his father, um, Abijah, lived for three years, died in, in office as king, and then he became king. And this is now like 15 years later. And Asa is dedicating offerings in his father's name. Uh, and it, it might be that he had a wrong idea about praying for his father's soul. Um, if, her, if his father were, as we were told, particularly naughty in the Lord's sight, then, um, then maybe he might have had the wrong idea about this. And remember, we were told that they didn't have, pre, they didn't have priests teaching. So they were making mistakes. So we have this treaty now with Aram, we're really finishing the chapter. I, I think I have this slide in the wrong place. But there was no war until the 35th year of Asa's reign. So at, at year 10, we had that incident with Cush. And now there's going to be war with the guy up north, whose name, by the way, is Baasha. We're about to hear about this guy, Baasha. So Asa's now been on the throne, though, for 35 years. That's a long reign. He's got more years to go. So just as a matter of incidents, I have this on your sheet also. Um, this is the entire reign of Asa. We're not even done with it yet, but he becomes king in about 910. There is a one-year wonder up north, Nadab, uh, who is replaced by Baasha. And Baasha is the king of Israel, the northern tribes, for the rest of Asa's reign. Uh, there's war with the Cushites in about 900 B.C., then there are these reforms five years later and the queen mother is deposed in 895. We said it was the 15th year of his reign, so the year is right. And then we have a little later, this, was it the 35th year? Um, Baasha's threat that's about to happen at Ramah. This is coming from the north where Baasha, the northern king, is going to threaten Benjamin itself. So they're, they're, they've got some problems happening and then Asa will have some troubles after following that. So the final years. In the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, attacked Judah and he fortified Ramah in order to keep anyone from going in or coming out from Asa, king of Judah. Anybody recognize the name of Ramah as being associated with the prophet? Samuel. Yeah, Samuel. So, and Samuel's back in the, in the days of King Saul. This is, that's quite a while ago now. You know, more than a century, but Ramah. In order to keep anyone from going in or coming out from Asa, king of Judah, what was Baasha, Baasha doing? With, 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 I, I have no uh, a political commentary here, but it sure does remind me of a goal of a recent president. He was building a wall on the southern border. okay. Be, partly because he didn't want guys leaving and partly because he didn't want guys coming in. So it was for both. But he was, he was, this is the place where you could get through and he wants to reinforce the place to, to keep people, to stop the flow back and forth between Israel and Judah. So Asa took, this is the southern king, he took silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and from the palace of the king and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who ruled in Damascus. So my northern neighbor is building a wall 
and I send money to some other guy in some other city, what's he doing? Was Damascus threatening him? Damascus was not threatening him, but he sends money to Damascus. My question is why? It's because Damascus had a treaty with Israel. Damascus was money and power behind Israel. So he bribes Damascus, come over to me. And then Israel loses its, you know, all this stuff that had been happening to Judah was, you, you keep attacking me through the Egyptians. Well, two can play at that game. I'm not going to bribe your, the neighbor on, on, on the other side of you to do what you've been doing to me. That's what Asa's doing here. He goes after them the, the, the other way. So he said, there should be a treaty, O Damascus, between you and me as there was between my father and your father. Was there a treaty? Well, not his father, but his great-grandfather. Solomon had a treaty with Damascus. Look, I have sent you silver and gold. Go, break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So that's what he's asking. And you send a king silver and gold, depending on the king, is it going to work? Probably going to work. Ben-Hadad listened to Asa and sent the commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel. So he does it. He attacks Israel. They conquered Ijon, Dan, Abel, Mayim, and all the towns for storehouses in Naphtali. This is up north. So basically the, 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 the stuff that was north of the Sea of Galilee. When Baasha heard about it, he stopped building Ramah and put an end to his work on it. Uh, we're not told what he does, but what do you think Baasha did, the king of Israel at this point? Yeah, let's go fight or defend ourselves at least from what's happening up north. But they literally dropped their picks and shovels and left them and ran north. And now what King Asa does is he goes and picks them all up. So King Asa then summoned all Judah and they carried away from Ramah the stones and the timber which Baasha had been using to build it. And with them he built Geba and Mitzpah. So uh, he takes what they were using for their building project and he's going to use it on nearby cities. So this is actually uh, Ramah, north of Jerusalem. Not very far, by the way. It's just shouting distance here. And he uses, if you look at the map change, he just does this. He rebuilds two cities on either side of Ramah um, and, and makes them into fortified cities so that they can't rebuild Ramah because he's reinforced the two cities that surround it. Does that make sense? How am I going to reinforce Essig if both New Walm and Sleepy Eye are watching, right? Is that a good enough example? I don't know. Now Hanani. It's fun to say. Let's all say Hanani. Hanani. Hanani the seer. Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you relied on the king of Aram, that's the Damascus guy, and you did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. So you blew it. You could have just said, Lord, help me, like you did before. What, why did you stop saying, Lord, help me? What God wants is a lifetime of, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. Not, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, and maybe I, go to, maybe I should just ask Texas for help this third time, you know, or something like that. 
So weren't the Cushites and the Libyans a huge army with very many chariots and charioteers when you relied on the Lord? He gave them into your hand. You got a two-to-one victory. You know, odds against you, over a million people. And now for these thousands of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of Israel, or hundreds of Israelites at Ramah, you go to Damascus for help? The Lord... It is his eye. I'm going to ask you about this verse. Is it law or is it gospel? The Lord. It is his eyes that go back and forth over all the earth to offer strong support to the hearts of those who are completely committed to him. You have acted foolishly in this. From now on, you will be at war. Well, for Asa, law or gospel? Law. From now on, you'll be at war, you dope. What about for us, law or gospel? Gospel. The Lord's eyes, isn't this a wonderful little passage? It is the Lord's eyes go back and forth over all the earth to offer strong support to the hearts of those who are completely committed to him. Do you see me, Lord? The Lord's answer, I see you. Exactly. And he that's that's what he did. He went for the big the big war, I gotta have God. For the little war, maybe I can handle it. Can I handle it? No, I can't handle it. So I shouldn't. And how do you think Asa reacted? Asa was angry with the seer. So he put him in prison. Because he was in a rage against him on account of this. And at this time, Asa also crushed some of the people. Um, I did some, some Hebrew digging here because the word crushed occurs about five times in these three chapters. It's always a different word. So we have one English word, crushed. Remember he crushed the, the, the statue earlier? That's pulverized. This crushed really just means oppressed. Maybe oppressed would have been a better translation, but I didn't work on Chronicles, so I can't say. But, um, but oppress the people. Um, so, and by the way, probably what people would he have crushed or oppressed if it was the prophet who he was mad at? Other prophets and maybe some priests. I would think anybody who's standing with the prophet, um, that kind of thing. A couple minutes left and just a couple of verses left. Asa's disease and death. So um, I, I, he's about to get a foot disease. And wow, did I look at some horrible pictures of foot diseases online. This is just feet. Okay, don't be, don't be disgusted by this. They're just feet. But you can find the Acts of Asa from first to last written in the books of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa's feet became diseased in his 39th year of his reign. His disease was very serious. And, but even when he was sick, he did not seek the Lord, but only his physicians. What a dummy. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, he doesn't have very many years left. He reigned 41 years. The disease hit him in his 39th. So, and do you think the disease is what he died of? I do. I do. Foot diseases are serious, bad things. 
I have some verses about physicians and medicine um, from various places. I'd like to share them with you. If you don't mind, just a couple minutes, a minute or two of this. The skill of physicians makes them distinguished, and in the presence of the great they are admired. The Lord created medicines out of the earth, and the sensible will not despise them. Was not water made sweet with a tree in order that its power might be known? And he gave skill to human beings that he might be glorified in his marvelous works. By them the physician heals and takes away pain. The pharmacist makes a mixture from them. Do you think pharmacist is actually a Greek word? Absolutely it is. Pharmakai is the Greek word. It's pharmacist, yeah. That's where we get it from. God's works will never be finished, and from him health spreads over all the earth. My child, when you are ill, do not delay, but pray to the Lord, and he will heal you. Give up your faults and direct your hands rightly and cleanse your heart from all sin. Offer a sweet-smelling sacrifice and a memorial portion of fine flour and pour oil on your offering as much as you can afford. Then give the physician his place, for the Lord created him. Do not let him leave you, for you need him. There's a picture there of grabbing the doctor. <laughs> like, don't go. I have someone else to see. No, you don't. You know, there may come a time when recovery lies in the hands of physicians, for they too pray to the Lord that he grant them success in diagnosis and in healing. Diagnosis is also a Greek term. This is a Greek text. For the sake of preserving life, he who sins against them, his maker will be defiant toward the physician. This is from Sirach, um, one of the apocryphal books of wisdom, um, also called Ecclesiasticus. Sirach is written by a believer, and I believe that Sirach and the wisdom of Solomon were actually both written by Christians. There are things in those books about like being sweet, water sweetened by a tree. That's, and there are other things in those books about the cross that made me think that they were both written by Christians in the early New Testament era. <clears throat> Another medicine one is this weird one from Tobit. The rest are all from the Bible. Cut open the fish and take out its gall, heart, and liver. Keep them with you, but throw away the intestines, for its gall, heart, and liver are useful as medicine. So I don't know what you'd use them for, but that's not me. Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And then in Mark, the opposite, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Just a, 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 another inclination to go see the doctor. Finally, though, she finds Jesus. Do you know who this was? It's the woman with a flow of blood. Yeah. That when I was a vicar, if you know what a vicar is, a woman came to me at, at, uh, at, an, at an evening meeting. We called it, um, what do we call it? Grace Oasis in Milwaukee, where people would, it was a soup kitchen. This woman I had never met before came to me and said, Vicar, I have this problem. I'm sure you'd never heard of it. But she said, my lady flow has not stopped for years. And I said, oh, my stepmother has that. She was on the Phil Donahue show. And she said, what? And I said, oh, yeah, I know all about this. It's true. I still have the videotape of my stepmother, Mary Jane, on Phil Donahue. If you know, you, you guys probably remember Donahue back when he was in Chicago. And there's, there's my stepmom talking about her lady flow and so forth. And, but with this woman, I said, oh, this is in the Bible, too. And she said, you're kidding me. And it was one of those moments where I grabbed a Bible, opened it, and there was Mark 5, you know, without turning a page, which to her was the miracle. Not the passage, but that I found the page like that. 
And I showed her, and, and Jesus healed her. And she said, how is that possible? And I said, well, he's, he's Jesus. And we went on to talk about that. But I found out later her brother is a Wells pastor. But she was kind of so lost that she was just virtually homeless in Milwaukee at the time. Her brother later thanked me for, you know, for bringing her kind of back into the church. But that was a long time ago. Colossians 4, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Luke was a physician. And James 5.14, if is any one of you sick, he should call the elders of the church and pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Um, so some of the passages, there are more, but some of the passages that talk about the benefits of, of medicine and, and physicians. And we got, I think, three verses, two verses left. Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. I can go back if you want them afterwards, if you want passage things to write down. They buried him in his tomb, which he had cut for himself in the city of David. They laid him on a bier that was covered with all kinds of fragrant spices and perfumed ointments. Everybody know what a bier is? It's a platform or stretcher you put a dead body on. It's B-I-E-I-R. B-I-E-R. It's much more funny if you say someone is on the beer and it's B-E-E-R than B-I-E-R. But, uh, so, but skillfully, perfumed ointments skillfully blended by the perfume makers, they burned a very large bonfire in his honor. So Asa, although two years, very, very sick, and overlapping now with his son. Um, so his son here now gets into the, we'll talk about that next time. Um, when, when, we, when we get into the reign of the next guy, who's going to take us two weeks and four chapters. This is Jehoshaphat, who's coming up. But we'll get into him then, uh, then uh, next time. Let's close, let's close with a benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church. New Wall, Minnesota.